Welcome to episode 160 of the Muck Podcast, a member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Listen in as we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Hadamio. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary. Tina, look at this. The what? power of Christ compels you. <laughs> oh, is this what you got? <laughs> Girl, oh my god! Let me tell you the a little power story. Of Christ compels you. The oh, power of Christ compels you. So good. I am so freaked the fuck out. Like I thought that I saw The Exorcist. I've never seen The Exorcist. You've never seen The Exorcist. And now, and so I'm like, oh, what's something so fun that we can do? Let's find <laughs> something fun that we can do. And I look, of course, I immediately always go to Gateway, which is the most amazing yes. old movie theater in Fort Lauderdale. And thank God it's still around. They're re- they're redoing it inside. It looks yes. great. Anyway. Uh, they're going to show the 50th anniversary of The Exorcist. Special showing, $9, which I thought was fucking cheap as fuck. Yeah. Right? Like, I was like, great. So I get these tickets, get over there. We walk in, there's a woman dressed as a nun. Oh, I love And this. her son dressed as a priest. He was oh, probably 12 or 13. Oh, I love this. And they're handing out little crosses and holy water. <laughs> By the way, it's real, like, okay, listen. I say real holy water. Was it blessed? It was fucking oh, blessed. Then it's holy water. Right. But here's the thing that I was just talking about that I thought was kind of interesting. Can't anybody bless water? I mean, are we really buying into... Oh, well, Do you know I what mean, I mean? Like, no, yeah, of course. <laughs> we could do some witchcraft over the water. Can't we say we're blessing this water? Yeah. Anyway, I wanted to throw it at the screen. I was so fucking scared. <gasps> were you? Oh, I, oh God. I okay. used to love that movie. I get it. But <laughs> I, I really don't think I understood. The level... I I'm we're, I'm watching it and I said I don't think I've ever seen this like I maybe I know like if you were showing me a screenshot like, like oh Blair, it's the Exorcist like, yeah yes, like I, I know clips yeah I did not know the depth level of fucking disgusting shit that happens in this movie oh, yeah. it's fucking nuts no it's crazy it's nuts and we were in DC a few years ago and my ex-husband and the kids and I, and we were walking down these stairs and we get to the bottom and people are like taking pictures. And I'm like, why are you taking, what happened? And they're like, these are the exorcist steps, which I didn't fully understand until I'm watching the movie last night. And I was like, Oh, oh I've been there. I know, I know those stairs. That fucking movie is so fucked up. It's so fucked up. And she was so young. She was so young, but also I thought that it wouldn't be as scary. I hate horror movies. I mean, when she takes that crucifix and bros, yeah. And then tells her mother to lick it and shoves her mother's face on her cooch. All right. I'm telling you, I was not prepared. (laughs) I was not prepared. Oh my God. I I love it. At one point, I thought I was going to vomit. I was like, oh my God, (laughs) fucking get sick. Because I'm not a horror movie person. Oh, I'm romantic comedy. Me all oh, the way, honey. No. Give me a when Harry met Sally. I'm Aww. here for it. This yeah. was not my gig. Yeah. But I thought, okay, well, it's from the 70s. It'll be kind of, you know, campy. Uh, it no. won't be scary. It holds up. It is just <laughs> as scary as it was 50 years ago. So, when people walked out of there fucking like shell-shocked, I was like, <laughs> I know how they felt. Like, this is the fucking worst thing I've ever seen. It's oh so fucking God. scary. Did you like the priest? Yeah, I did like yeah. the priest. Yeah. 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 For a priest, it, it seems like he, I mean, it's so different because I feel like every priest, I don't know, when I think of priests like I've ever encountered, he doesn't look like any like Right, right. All the seen. other ones did though in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but there was shit happening that, and it, I was tired too. It started at 10 o'clock at night, which maybe oh. like for me, I'm just like, right? Yeah. 
So I'm sitting there and I was like falling asleep. And then she's coming down the stairs backwards with blood pouring uh, out of her mouth. And I was like, oh great. This is what I woke up to this part. Like, <laughs> fuck, I can't. It's so fucking scary. Yeah. And it's interesting how they even got like the movement, you know, like compared, oh. like I wonder if it was yes. fresh made today, like not a remake, like freshly idea, brand new. Yeah. What that would be like yeah. today. Also, Ooh. this mo- whoever wrote this is a sick son of a bitch. <laughs> sick, bro. Oh, my God. I loved it. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? That sounds so fun. It's so fun. And it was packed with a bunch of fucking nerds. I mean, the whole fucking theater. And, of course, then I'm just like, uh, uh, I'm so fucking paranoid about getting COVID again. And just saying it out loud, I know. I'm going to knock on wood. Like, I just feel like I'm so paranoid about it. I do not want to get COVID no. again. I do not want to get it. And so I'm in this theater and I'm like, you're such an idiot. What the fuck are you doing here? Like what? And we're going to an event tonight. Like yeah, I'm yeah. just like out of my mind about these things. But anyway, loved it. I love these special screenings. I took the kids over the summer to see Jaws uh, on yes. the big screen. That was fantastic. I need to do like, that with my kids. We there's so many fun things like that. Yeah, we got to do. Yeah, when they re-release fun. these movies, it's just seeing it on the big screen. It really is. It's a, there's a big difference there. I couldn't imagine seeing that movie on the big screen. Especially because so we were gory. too young. Like, we were never yes. going to see that on in on the no. big screen. No. Oh, and my it, God. I can't imagine. Like, some Night, was, Listen, nightmares. Ooh, in that face. I, the first thing I thought about when I woke up this morning was that fucking devil face. Yeah, I was face, like, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Although, parts of me, I was like, this is hot. Like, could you imagine? <laughs> like, she's just like, what is she? I don't know. She was saying things that I was just like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. I can't. I'm so fucking terrified right now. Yeah. And I, I think, too, like, the age of her, like, yes. makes it all the more yeah. creepy and weird yeah. and like really messed up yeah really at the end up. when the, she says to the priest she doesn't she doesn't remember anything i'm like that's fucking lies that bitch is crazy <laughs> i'd keep an eye on her like oh and uh, the, one of the funniest parts too because people are like repeating like screaming the lines back to the screen which yeah. was kind of fun because they're like total geeked yeah. out they're wearing exorcist shirts like they were fucking into it's it like a little cult a little yeah cult oh yeah, yeah 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 and um when at the end, when the nanny was, she's like, you sure you don't want to stay on the nanny's like, no, I'm good. Like I'm out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, bitch run for Z Hills. Yes. Get the fuck Get out. out. If Get the girl out. you're watching is low key growling at night, it's time to fucking pack <laughs> it up and move on. So anyway, that's what I had so much fun doing that. And, uh, oh, so two things we have oh, to talk about. Okay. I don't know what else, if you have anything else on your I list. I mean, I have one thing. So last Saturday or last Friday oh. night, we were recording and we didn't mention anything about this on the podcast because we were yeah. waiting for an invitation from the White House. The White Hi, House. sorry. Oh. Sorry about it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about it. The White House sent us an email, but yes. we've been waiting for days to get this email days. and determining whether we wanted to take this trip. But we were invited by the lovely and amazing and incredible Senator Lauren Book to go to this rally for the anniversary of Roe v. Wade with the Vice President of the United States, yes. Kamala Harris. So uh, we were fucking we were so excited. So excited. And like, so excited. Because we were like, we're going to give it till Friday night. And yeah. then Friday night while we're recording, it came in and we were yeah. like, ah! We opened the email. Like, I was looking at the email while we were recording and I'm like, oh my God, did yeah. you get the email? Because it's a long drive. It's a seven hour drive. Oh and God. we had to determine, like we shuffled the kids around and like and shuffling what we're doing. First of all, thank you to Hillary for driving. Oh, you're welcome. Oh my God. Because one, it would have taken us probably 10 hours if I'd have true. driven. <laughs> Tina's like, <laughs> Tina's like, my husband said you should drive. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm yes, doing that. I'm yes. not driving. You're not driving. Um, but <laughs> it was really long. But it went, qu- I feel like it went quick. It did. I mean, we, you know, we kiki, 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 kiki. Yeah. Um, we have a lot to talk about. Um, 
but so we determined, okay, we're going to go. So we left Saturday morning. We get up there. We had a great dinner with some friends, with Melissa Aww. and Linda and Anna. And then, and then we went to a bar Hi. Uh, in Tallahassee. You know, we're in college <laughs> town, bitch. We got to make, you got to get our groove on. Yes. It was, yeah. it was, no one could care less. We walked in and no one's like, they didn't give a fuck. And we were drinking beer and this guy comes over to the table who works there and he's like putting bracelets on people. And he's yeah. like, I need to see your ID. He's, he walked to the table with a thing like this. He didn't look at us. He goes, I need to see your ID. And he's like, oh. And I was like, yeah, here. <laughs> he said, do you still need it? Motherfucker. <laughs> and he did. And he was oh, so cute. He, he was, was so adorable. Cute. Adorable. The whole place was adorable. Yeah. It was like but such a I'll nice tell you two things that we that happened that night, which oh. really cement <laughs> old lady-ish shit, right? We're in a bar with 20-year-olds, yeah. right? And we're drinking and laughing. And we might have been floating, but whatever. Yeah. And we were talking about... Um, uh, we're talking about abortion. We're talking yeah. about the, the thing. We're talking about the rally. Yeah. And Tina says, you know, in her... <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're all fucked up. And so the lady, so Tina says, <laughs> you know, I hope everybody hears concern. They're all going to be fucking someone tonight. <laughs> they better get it together. Yeah. And they then I the- said, and my old lady, we're sitting and drinking and I'm looking up at the ceiling and it's an open ceiling. There's no ceiling tiles. Just wires just everywhere. And I said, this is a fire hazard. <laughs> <laughs> because i'm 44 oh my god in a bar it's like playing don't, yeah everybody's having a great time and i'm like we're gonna burn this place is gonna burn up it's gonna go up and it'll burn in two minutes it'll oh be to the god. ground <laughs> <So funny>. <laughs> <sighs> don't you miss a little bit uh i mean it it was a time full of stress and, and craziness, our 20s, right? Oh, but, like, I loved don't my you 20s. miss walking into a bar and not knowing what could happen that night? Oh, I love that excitement. Yes. And that, like, whose eye am I going to catch? What's going to happen? Yeah. I mean, the night was full of possibilities. And it's just fun. So, I mean, and you just fucking you, roll you the dice. You even meet, like, random people yeah. and end up who knows where, like. Right. Thing, I mean, like, that's risks fun to and me. things that you just would never do now. Right. You right. Know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Because I'm looking for now. We now we have common sense. Yeah, I'm like, do they have a permit for these walls? Because I don't think that Tallahassee would allow it. Anyway, so we go to the rally the next day. It was incredible. incredible. It was incredible to great see speakers. her. I mean, great Lauren speakers. Book speech. Oh. oh my god, incredible! She was the best. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think she was. I mean, to be honest, she was better than the vice president. Yeah. I mean, she was on fire. Yeah, and because. Let's be honest, she's here. Yeah. And she's fighting for women and girls and anyone else who can get pregnant here. And Kamala's going back to D.C. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I appreciate the effort of coming to Florida and really highlighting that we are on the front lines of this because we are. Um, but there, Kamala was telling stories about different women who have had issues since, like, Texas's ban on Texas, the Texas ban. And I mean, I got tears in my eyes. It's absolutely horrific. And we're talking about people who intended to get pregnant and then right. miscarried and were not allowed and have, and have to, to get suffer. help and had to get sepsis before she was bleeding out before they would actually help her. I mean, they have to make sure there's no heartbeat before they'll actually go it's, in it's, and help. It's, and P.S., it's not even a heartbeat. Right. Like that's the whole thing, too, in some of these cases where it's just like the electro, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like an electronic pulse. It's just... I'm so sick of it all. I am so sick of it all. Yeah, it's been a really, the last couple of weeks have been bad. I, I, on Twitter and like the news and like for, for Florida. And 
I, we're not even in session yet. And, and that's when my blood really starts to boil. Yeah. Like if you listen to the first few months of this podcast, like January to April, all we're doing is screaming about the Florida yeah. legislative legislative session. And then it kind of dies down when we go into the summer, but we like our blood's exploding. We <sighs> haven't even gotten into session I yet. I don't, and I'm I can't afraid. read the news. I'm very afraid. Yeah. And you know, I'm reading another book right now. I've been, I'm on my fourth book of January. Bitch, get it. And um, it's uh, Joan Didion, and it's played mm. as it lays. Mm. And the character needs an abortion. Oh, fuck. Well, I mean, it's this whole, she is, she's got issues um, and a bad relationship. But, but you know, th- it was in the late 60s. Mm. So she is in, she's describing the entire thing. And it just, you know, I was like this, re- like so uncomfortable reading it. But the newspaper on the floor, the fake name, the doctor that, like, you have to randomly go to some building, like, you know what I mean? And then for weeks after, she's bleeding a lot more than she's supposed to be bleeding Mm -hmm. in her placenta's mess. It's this whole thing. And it's just, I I was like, is that, what are we doing? That was in 1960. And now we're, 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 back at this bullshit it's mm. wild i know that's what happens though when you don't let people you know read books or talk about things because that's the other thing i wanted to mention is the felony uh charges on teachers if their classroom library contains any books like that's the thing like we're, we're that's what teachers are told like we have to cover books until someone comes in and approves every single book on the shelf or there's felony charges if there's something found or some kid says, oh, I'm uncomfortable with this. It's bonkers. America <sighs> needs to wake up because they don't want DeSantis as president. I got to I got to say, like, I don't understand even voting for DeSantis when this was a whisper of things like this isn't the first time we knew that stuff was happening. Like, how do people actually vote for this person? Don't tell me it's just the economy. Like, does these other they things don't him. matter? Like, you don't think Florida economy is going to be okay? You know, I mean, we've been able to sustain ourselves for a long time because we are, like, toxic on the inside, but we're surrounded by absolute beauty. And so people are going to come here, plus Disney. I mean, you know, people are going to pour money into the state. Why are you so concerned about that? Don't tell me you're voting for DeSantis because of the economy. Like, it doesn't make any sense. it's the culture wars. That's why they vote for him. They're all... Just, I feel like if anyone likes DeSantis, you're an ugly, evil person. But the the worst part is this. We've, I think I've said this about DeSantis before, is he's highlighting things that were never problems before. Right. Nobody, believe me when I tell you, as involved as a parent as I am, I've never been like, let me see what's in this classroom library. And guess who never. else has never done that? Never. Any other fucking parent. And Nobody's going in and going, nobody's doing that. Here's something else I want to say because of the bullshit. Because I have been in um, very different schools and, and, and schools that were very, leaned very conservative. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. Those parents want their kids to have access to everything rigorous as possible to enhance their academic resume. So you better believe in private schools that have conservative families that that AP uh, African-American history class is probably going to be there because they don't want their kids missing out. They right. don't give a shit about your kids, 
But I guarantee you that they're taking all the classes. They're reading all the books. Oh, yeah. Yep. They're reading all the books because they know what they want for their child. They, like people think that everyone's stupid. Well, because I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you go to any top private school and go look at what their curriculum is and nothing is being banned. And none of those parents who are often highly conservative are asking for any bans. Of course not. Because they don't want their kid missing out on anything. That, they I, don't give a shit about I saw yours. that on a podcast yesterday. There was a guy in New York. His kids go to school. And he's in New York. He's like a, a lawyer and a, and a journalist. And he was like, I, and he was talking to somebody in Miami. He's like, I don't understand why y'all want your kids to learn, th- not learn things that all the other kids in Everyone the country are learning. Knows. Yeah, Like everybody else is learning it. So you want your kids to be less than? It's exactly what you're saying. It's exactly what you're saying. Our kids are go- not going to learn history because of a small group of loud assholes and I ignorant you know, bigoted and, and it's not like people. we don't have kids i have children and i know that they will suffer if they don't know these things i don't think that they will feel uncomfortable knowing like any queer black leader or queer black writer they're not going to be nothing's going to be taken away from I them. No, it's so it's, weird. Isn't life about experiences and like <laughs> reading these experiences so you see the world through someone else's eyes? That's how we have empathy and right. compassion for other people. What the fuck are you doing? Right. That's what you want. And, That's what you and, want. And just because you read a book, like if someone's reading American Psycho, right? It doesn't mean they're going to turn into a serial killer. You right. know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, there, there's so many different books with a variety of I don't characters. Think, I and guarantee you they've never even it, read these books. And they not, don't know what they, they are. They don't know. And they pick out one line. Yeah. One line in a book. And it's like, well, what's the context of that line? Yeah. But it's, it's, here's the worst part. You can't pick out a line. But here's the God, worst that's part. God, that's a basic thing that you teach anyone who's learning how to analyze or think critically is that you can't go by one thing like you have to kind of look at it in the whole context of the time period of the person who wrote there's all of these things that you have to think about that's it it's critical thinking you know and it's they don't not like about that. they don't like, want right that. in you know what i mean like it's stupid it's stupid to go oh my god we're gonna read this and now all the white kids are gonna feel bad it's like you talk about it in the context of what things were like at a particular right. time Right. It's so weird. No one's pointing at that white kid oh, and God. saying, you did this. That never fucking happens. But I, it's it's one thing if it's like they don't want to talk about really serious, all right, dangerous, scary things that happened during slavery. But they don't want to talk about Hank Aaron. I know. <laughs> they don't want a Hank Aaron book in the library in Jacksonville, where I he's know. from. Right? Like we talked about that last week. Yeah. They want to pull his book. Yeah. Because Anything of the that- struggle, when you read this children's book and he talks about the struggle of being a black man and playing baseball, that's going to make people uncomfortable. I mean, we're talking about the most basic it's- things. And if we don't start pointing out that people who are people of color have been treated differently and still are today, where the fuck are we going to be? Who, who, what kind of generation are we molding? <sighs> and by it. the way, uh, before we leave this topic, please share with the audience the story about the girls you were talking to in the oh, uh, in, at standing next to us at the rally and what they told you about kids coming here. So two lovely, lovely, lovely young women that we met while we were standing and waiting for the vice president to arrive. Um, one of them, they were both English majors. Oh, Tina <gasps> almost lost her shit. I know. I was like, oh, she was yeah! like, my knees are buckling. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, both English majors and one of them um, that both um, 
uh, juniors. So they have been at school for a while. And one of them for like her work study or whatever gives the college tours. And she said, because I asked her, like, do you think things like abortion are going to impact the type of students that come to um, Florida State University? And she said that from the time when she began to now, there has been a shift in the types of students that she's seeing on the tour, where before it was like, oh, I'm coming to the school because I like the facilities or the program or the football team or the weather or things like that. They're like, we're here because we love DeSantis and we want to be in the free state of Florida. So can you imagine, like, and then as a- Which is what as, you've been saying for a year here. What as, kind of students are yes, going to come to these and, universities now? And as a parent in the state of Florida, whose children may have to go to a state school because like, that's what we can afford. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to be surrounded by these dipshits. You know what I mean? Dude, this week, a couple I, days I ago. I don't want this. That, I don't want them around. I that mean, anti-Semitic table that was popped up at FAU up the street is now, yeah. was out at FSU. And there was a, they took a picture and there was a, it was like, ye was right, Kanye West, yeah. about the Jews, about the Jews. And there was a crowd of white young dudes. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, at least 30 people standing there in front of the table. And I, you know, I can't really tell from the table. I mean, from the picture, if they're like, get the fuck out of here or they're like hanging around, but they look like the target audience that these groups are looking for. And these are, you know, not everybody can get to, gets to go to college, gets to go to a state, a four state, no. a four year university. Like you Please. have to be pretty bright. Especially, to get it past the test, be able to go, blah, 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 blah. For some of our top schools. In yeah, the I mean, very challenging. So we're talking about bright young people who are Supp- falling for this supposedly. bullshit. Well, supposedly. you know, I mean, come on. Yeah, but but then it's like all of the things like that they're raised in, the things they hear, and I, I just, I can't stand it. It's, well, at the very least, it's disappointing that we're moving backwards. Like, it, it's disappointing to me that, Again, things that we've known as truth for our entire lives. You know, we, we don't set, we don't let Nazis set up tables at a public university. That's not free speech. Mean, no. It's an outrage. Millions and millions and millions of Jews died because of Nazis. And, the, and we're and allowing those folks to in. set up a table. I mean, Kanye West aside. Please. I mean, just, it, just Kanye West fan setting up a table should be punched in the face. But they're fucking Nazis. Yeah. And Nazi sympathizers. Kanye West, though, is also a person who is anti-book. Oh, he's a fucking moron. Right? He's a fucking idiot. There's a great article in The Atlantic about people who, who, who don't like, not a, like, oh, I don't have enough time to read, but like, like legitimately don't like books. What kind of, I don't. All right. All right. Well, we anyway, go. we gotta go. the mean, last thing I wanted to bring up was that tonight. Oh, my gosh. We are going to. The HRC Gallo Human Rights Campaign, which is this global, you know, LGBTQ rights camp, um, uh, organization. They fight for rights. They're an amazing group. And tonight, <gasps> our executive producer, oh, our EP, and bestie, 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 Alfredo Olvera oh, is receiving God. the Trailblazer Award. And so we are attending to see him accept that award there and is be his no one more deserving charlie's angels tonight <laughs> there isn't anyone more deserving this man for the last four years um for as the president of the yes. dolphins and the two years before that being on the board there has transformed this organization in broward county all into a, a force thing. into a Everything. force you know he's he's set it up to be successful for years to come and it is a powerful political force here in Broward County and in the state. A lot of people I'm look so at our look at that. Me too. Me too. I love that. I so, love seeing that picture and 
He's so well thought out and kind and planned, strategic and smart. Brilliant. Yeah. You know, really has a passion for his community. And I'm so excited to be there tonight. I I rented a dress from Rent the (gasps) Runway. Rent, 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 rent the runway. Ooh. Rent the runway. Rent the, <laughs> the runway. Uh, it's really cute. I can't it's wait red. to see it. It's kind of like prairie. I don't know oh. how to decide how else. It's like got like, like I don't know. I'll, I'll show you too when we leave, uh, when before you leave. But I figured out a way to do my hair, her. Ooh. I'm going to do my two braids. Aww. But I watched a YouTube video where you like sp- spread the braids out so they're kind of wider. Oh. So it looks cute. It'll be, It'll I'm be gonna adorable. Do a, I'm going to do a whole like look. It's going to be adorable. Yeah. I'm going to do a death drop. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. I've been watching Drag Race. It's the oh fucking best. God. All right. Are you ready? I am. All right. Let's go. All right. Today, I'm going to tell you the story of the Chamberlain Khan Act, a.k.a. Oh. the American Plan. Oh, fuck. Yes. Anything that says American Plan. I know. We know it's it bad. It ain't good. It's bad. <laughs> And I, it's not, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> and I only know that from doing this podcast. <laughs> Can you imagine? I get red How flags anytime something happens. I'm like, this is a red flag. Oh I've heard God. this before. All right. So <laughs> I had never really heard this story before. Okay. And, whew, all right. So the Chamberlain Khan Act was initiated to help stop the spread of sexually transmitted infections among servicemen. But. Instead, it led to the incarceration of thousands of women. What? Yes. I was like, what? How do I not know about this? And again, (laughs) women. Women. That's all I kept thinking. Wow. Wow. Men just, they don't like women. No. They don't like women. No. And I know it's not all men, okay? I'm talking systematically, you know? Like, yeah. All right, so <laughs> I'm so over it. All right, so um, our story takes place beginning around 1910 or so, but really it's kind of um, around the start of World War I and, and around the 1950s, although in some areas of America the law was still enacted through the 60s and 70s, and it's still on the books today in a what? lot of places and has been used beyond the 70s. What? Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes. All right. So when I read about this, I was, like I said, I was really shocked because I, I just, it made me realize like there's so much in our history that we just don't know, mm-hmm. you know, and the more that we kind of dig or that we've forgotten about or just hasn't really been highlighted I don't know. And I saw this and I said, I got to do this. All right. And even though like 1910, like that's over a hundred years ago. But when we're talking about that, this was lasting through the fifties, sixties and seventies, like that's like a still recent history. You know what I mean? This isn't so far removed. Um, and I feel like stuff like this can continue to happen. I mean, look at the reproductive rights of women being stripped. Like women are not safe. We're just not safe and we've never been safe. So Mm -mm. All right, so the act officially went into effect in 1918 and essentially gave the government power to detain anyone suspected of having an STI. So I want to note that I'm using STI, sexually transmitted infection, rather than STD, which is sexually transmitted disease. They're the same thing, but sexually transmitted disease has had such a stigma because of the word disease that um, 
in order to destigmatize that, uh, the, you know, health agencies say like, it's better to say STI and infection. And, Jesus. Um, because, you know, oh, we want to ensure everything that is get about proper, how is it processed yes, through the brain when yeah. it goes through the ear, then what? Right. So I that mean, people get proper treatment. And I ensure, get it. Like, but my God, you know, just fucking go to the doctor. I know. So, um, but if you tell someone, oh, I have an infection that can be fixed rather than I have a disease, you know what I mean? I guess like the language of it, I don't know. All right, so the act became known as the American Plan. So from this point out on, I'm just going to refer to it as the American Plan. So if a woman was found to be positive of an STI, yeah, they said that that was proof of sex work. Oh! <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that's the correlation. <laughs> Can you, <laughs> you motherfuckers! <laughs> I mean, can you? I this whole thing is is so bizarre. I it is. It's not bizarre. It's really not. It's just men and 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 this like connection about women having to be pure and good and like these judgments and and, and they do you, don't think that like the men are infected right, and potentially like, affecting who do you their think, partner. Who do you think they're fucking? It's like so a ghost. Stupid. The it's ghost. So stupid. You motherfuckers. The guy's cool. He can fuck whatever yeah. he wants, but God forbid she's not a virgin. Then yeah. she's a whore. Right. She works. She's a whore. Yeah. All right. Yep. So, oh, I mean, great. but it's men who are, you know, making these claims and writing these Ugh. laws. And so they're what, so fucking what horny. Expect? Like they're so fucking expect? horny. I'm sorry you married an old school marm. Not to, not, yeah. that's not an offense. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. You're very sexy. Oh, you know what I'm saying? No, like, I you know, know they married, know. they married some old hag. Yeah. Mother. They married M- mother. mother. <laughs> and now they can't fuck anybody else because the religion has tied their dick between their oh legs and they're not going to get a divorce or leave. So now they're going to punish all the women they can't fuck. Yeah. It's, that's it's, what it is. That is crazy. the very core seed of all of it. Of punishing women is that you don't get to fuck them. Yeah. Because that's all that it is about right. with them is they their want dicks. Ownership. They want ownership of women's bodies. So along with the law. <laughs> this is so I know, fucking crazy to is, me. This story's wild. So along with the law, there was a board put into place called the Interdepartmental Social Hygiene Board. And oh the Secretary of War, the Secretary of the Navy, the Secretary of the Treasury, and the Surgeon General of the Army were members. Right. Well, you know, this kind right. of, I mean, the so, sex, the well, infections and I, running through right. the military. I kind they got to get, get things this. under control. Yeah. Right? Right. And like at the time of World War One, and there's a shortage yeah, we of people. We, we need these dudes. We need these dudes. Yes, yes, so, okay. yes, yes. So. Uh, lock their dicks up though. Watch you guys go. <laughs> Why you got to lock women up? Right. Put some contraption on yeah. them. It's called tucking. Watch RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> and tuck that shit between your legs <laughs> and tape it back. Yes. Tape that shit back. All right. Get some, get your, get, how about this? Get control of yourselves. Yeah. Fuckers. Oh All right. So here's part of the act quote that the secretary of war and the secretary of the Navy are hereby authorized and directed to adopt measures for the purpose of assisting the various States and caring for civilian persons whose detention, isolation, quarantine, or commitment to institutions may be found necessary for the protection of the military and naval forces of the United States against venereal disease. Oh, please. <laughs> Please. They allocated funds to the state. So part of this act was there was money. Um, and they put measures in to help the states root out the STIs and so on. $1.4 million annually. Damn, in 1910? For, for states, yes. 
From 1918 to 1919, was uh, th- that was the act that I saw. So after that, I'm not sure how much funding, but probably rel- I would assume like a similar amount. So I want to note that almost all of my sources are either written by or have um, interviewed Scott Stern um, or have reviewed the book that Stern wrote about this. So he okay. is like my primary source. He did all this research. And um, there were several articles that he wrote. And then he wrote this book that I'm actually going to try to get this weekend because I want to like kind of deep dive into it. Um, And the book is called The Trials of Nina McCall. So if you like this story, like be sure to check it out. Um, And it's sex surveillance and the decades long government plan to imprison, quote, promiscuous women. That's like the subtitle. Wow. So please do the same. Um, So writing for history Uh, Stern explains that the American plan occurred for most of the 20th century. Essentially, women were jailed or placed in detention hospitals with no trial if they had a sexually transmitted infection. And then they were provided with dangerous treatments to help cure them of those infections. What? Men who may have had the infections were not subject to the same widespread punishment because why would they? Well, and then they go, fuck this woman. She gets an infection. Yeah. Fuck that woman. She gets right. an infection. He's over here fucking everybody giving yeah. infections and they're all in prison. Yeah. I mean, some men were arrested, but it's a very minuscule compared to the arrest of women. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, it's not unbelievable. Yeah. But <laughs> I know. So like we were just saying that uh, the American plan went into effect primarily during World War One, and there was this worry about men getting STIs Um, Because they learned that, like, a large amount of the troops were infected. So, and the primary STIs at the time were syphilis and gonorrhea. So, because soldiers often sought the company of sex workers, the government tried to limit access to sex workers. So, what they did is they banned any sort of brothels or anything like that within a five-mile radius of military bases. Like, that was, like, their first thing. Like, okay, within five miles, we're going to do this. But Stern notes that the government found out that those pesky STIs weren't really coming from sex workers, but from hookups the men had when they went back home. So now it's not just sex workers who are destroying the morality and health of our soldiers, but it's all women. You know, so- I wish that as worried as they are about the men, yeah. I wish they worried half as much about women and abortion. Oh my you know, God. Could you imagine hearing this government, even this president? Oh, doing an American plan to stop men? Yeah. I would love it. You know, to protect women. You're worried. This is, they're so concerned about men having an STI and women are going to be dying from this or already have been put in harm's way. But we can't, who cares? We can't even protect women from domestic violence. Right. You know? So when the American plan went into place, uh, it didn't say women. Okay. I want to be clear just as like persons, but Mm. women were the ones targeted and politicians all over the place were supporting this plan. Like in their states, they're like talking about this plan and they're like on board with this plan. And even the ACLU was on board. Great. So the major incident, so basically the whole plan is the major incident, but how would someone know that a woman had an STI? Well, an officer could just look at a woman and make the assumption. What? Yeah. Wait, so what? This is, this is what was happening. If he assumed she looked, quote, dirty <gasps> or like a sex worker or what have you she was detained and then once detained her body was examined for the infection if she tested positive then she was kept and treated 
but kept in prison or in one of these detainee hospital uh, kind of places. Oh my God, Tina. Stern provided an example of a California woman who was detained by what were called the morals squad, whose job- This is coming back. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. This is coming back. I was reading this and I I was like- I almost feel like we should not put the story out. Like We're this give is fucking ideas. scary. This is a, this is going to happen again. Oh, It'll be a pack or, of like young bros, right? Or who think oh she looks pregnant, or she looks you know, or who knows? Oh, she won't go out with me. Oh, she well. must be she's skanky. She won't go out with me. We're gonna have to go pick her up, right? So the moral squad, their job was to get rid of uh, uh, Im- immorality and vices. Good luck. Mm. <laughs> So this woman, Margaret Hennessy, and her sister oh, no. get picked up because they looked suspicious. Oh, This was a married woman with a child. What? They took her anyway. At the hospital, she noted that she was, quote, forced to submit to an examination just as if I was one of the most degraded women in the world. I want to say I have never been so humiliated in my life. Oh, my God. She also noted, quote, I dare not venture on the streets for fear I will be arrested again. Oh my God. Thankfully, Hennessy and her sister were free to go after no STIs were found. But imagine like they're like, take your clothes off, put your legs, spread them open, and we're going to go look at you. Can you imagine? Tina, this is frightening. So many other women, though, were not so lucky. Um, I want to know... I want to know uh, that Kim Kelly's article on Stern's book noted that even if tests were negative, some women were still held if they were believed to be sex workers to protect the men, specifically soldiers. So what does that mean? Looks like a sex worker. What does that I mean? Know. That mean anybody could go, oh, she doesn't, you know, like. What does it mean? Is she just look sexy? Does yeah, she, like is she, is she, you know, is she, or is she skinny? Is she fat? Is she sloppy? What is she like, wearing? What is, yeah. Is it her shoes? Is her skirt is too short? Skirt? Yeah. Like what is it her the make, fuck? Is it her makeup? Is it her hair? It's so fucked up. <gasps> All right. In the point of view of a man? I what know. the fuck? We're trusting these motherfuckers? So essentially, so the charges. Uh, this that story, would, Tina, how dare you? I'm sorry. How I had to, we had, I had to do it. I had to do it. Because I was like, how, 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 but how do we not know about this? That's the bigger question. How as women, did we not know that this was happening to other women? You know what I mean? So the charges that were um, placed on women, if a woman tested positive, like I said, sent to jail or hospitalized, and what did treatment entail while they were jailed? Mercury injections. Oh my God. Arsenic laced drugs. What? And if the women didn't behave or were, quote, unladylike in any way, they were sprayed with water, beaten, sent to solitary confinement, or even sterilized. What do you mean? They, they, <gasps> Tina, they removed their, they sterilized them. Oh, what the fuck is going on? This is in America. This is so insane. In the 20th century. No, right. let me ask you something. So, is this, is it disproportionately women of color? Like, was there, do you know anything like yes. that? Like, was it? Yes. Women of is, color and immigrants were the most vulnerable. Of course. Because ah, America. Because America. God damn it. That's it. Because America. I knew lily white women walking down the street aren't getting fucking pulled off the yeah. street. No, they were too, but it was. Come on. But, but in the jails, they were separated because segregation and, and women of color and immigrant women were, you know, 
had more beatings and had the severity towards this those women. This is fucking in, insane. Yeah. You want to know um, what else happened? I can't, Tina. So officers, as Stern writes in his article, would threaten women with potential arrest or getting what they called vaged. If they didn't. Which meant a vaginal exam if they didn't engage sexually yep. with knew the it. officers. Knew it. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. <laughs> and the I, hypocrisy yeah. of you motherfuckers. Can you imagine? I knew it. They're I knew like, that they were oh, either going to fuck get them the, there or yeah. fuck them in the jail. Yeah. Excuse me. I don't want to say yeah. fuck. Rape. rape. You're raping people rape. now. Rape. But you know, it's our fault. Right. It's our fault. So fucking pieces of shit. I know. I, I can't, just, I, I know, I know. So like I said, you know, women of color and immigrant women were separated from the white women. They were treated more harshly, including, you know, more sexual assault. Ugh. And it's so damn off. Like a reckoning needs to happen. In How do we not burn? You know what? This is the problem. They raise us to be polite. We have to be fucking polite and ladylike all the time. All the we time. should be burning this fucking country to the goddamn ground. Fuck you. How fucking dare you? How fucking dare you do this to women? Because of why? Because of what? Because our vaginas feel good? I know. So you can do whatever the fuck you want to us? You can make us give birth to babies, force us to have children, tell us we're whores because we're walking down the street and we might be a little too sexy for you because you're a fucking pervert who can't get himself together. Pull your shit together, motherfucker. It's not our fault. I'm sorry. You know what? I can't fucking do it. I know, I know. What the fuck, Tina? I'm sorry, What the fuck? This is very upsetting. No, I know. It's really, really upsetting. The whole time I was reading this, that's why I'm like, I have to get this book. I cannot believe this story. Because I want to, because his book, I believe, has like accounts of other women and like, I'm like, I want to, I want to read it. So some women would be jailed for months, others longer. Kim Kelly, citing Stern's book, notes that some women staged riots Oh. And burned down facilities. God bless. And an article by Stern in Time Magazine noted that one woman jumped to her death, another <gasps> jumped from a trade to avoid uh, jail, and some even went on hunger strikes. So basically the aftermath of all of this, what happens is as we're moving towards, you know, uh, into the 50s, into the 60s, and the women's liberation movement happens, along with the civil rights movement of the 60s, that sort of puts an end to the law. So some points of interest, like I said at the start, some of these laws are still on the books in some way, shape, or form in several states across the country. Mm. One essay I read from Bartleby, um, from Bartleby site uh, that cited this essay claimed that in the end, over 15,000 women were incarcerated and punished by this law. And one source noted that along with hospitals or jail, women could also be sent to what they called a farm colony. And until treated and a farm colony is basically a housing community for really poor folks or those who are social outcasts, you know, and that's it. That's the story. Can we just talk about for a second of the American that plan. these are women who have are married, have children or have jobs and homes right. and like they're taking, you're taking away. them out for months, months away from what would happen and if poisoning you them. I would lose you're my poisoning job. Them. I would lose my children. I would lose my home. For months, you're taking me out of my life yeah. because I look like a I'm a way. sex worker. And, and even if someone has an STI, which is a treatable infection, you're going to separate them and quarantine them because you don't want them having sex with your soldiers. Why don't you tell the soldiers, stop having sex for a few months? Don't go off the barracks. Like, you know what I mean? 
Maybe they need chaperones because clearly they can't control themselves and their horniness. No, they're men. They're men. You know what I mean? So they can do whatever they want. It's not their fault. It's not their, we all know how good it feels to have sex, right? So we can't blame them for that. It's the woman's fault for opening her legs, not the fucking yeah. piece of shit's fault for having sex with her. But the, again, we, we, when I said, what do you want from yeah. us? You want to put us on a fucking high holy yeah. ground of like virginal, yeah. you know, it's woman, the Madonna, you're the Madonna you know, you or gotta, the whore. Yeah, you got to look a certain way, blah, blah, blah. But also, right. I kind of want to have, I want to fuck you too. Yeah. So I don't know, but yeah. we're the ones who have to fucking pay the price for that. Right. right. Always and, and, still. And, and, and women have to adhere to this, you know, a lady on the streets and a freak in the sheets, you know, kind of thing. Mm. Or like you have to be either you're either a Madonna or a whore. And there's no in between for women still today. Still it's today. Out, it's for, outrageous. For, for many men. This is outrageous. And like I said, I did the research of this and it was just stern, stern, stern. It's all of his research. There wasn't a lot of newspaper articles or, or, you know, all the stuff that, that were news articles and things were cited by Stern in the research that Stern did. But I had a really hard time finding things outside of Stern. Like, you know, so like people weren't talking about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? People weren't talking about it. And then I think like if it, were, it was immigrant women or, you know, women of color, like, you know, it's, it's that same story that like their stories don't matter. It's, it's outrageous. So... All right, that's my story. I'm sorry. I saw it. I was like, I, ne- I just had to do it because I, I mean, never I, heard of it before. I can see this happening again. Me too. You know, if we're already politely allowing Nazis to set up tables on public university yeah, campuses. Yeah, where's the next table against yeah, women? Who, where, who, who's the band of 30 white dudes, bros, who have a band around their arm that says moral squad? Yeah. And Ugh. they're walking through the campus telling your daughters- what to do, how to yeah. act. You have to come with us. Behave. And who's not going to go along with this group of men who pull them? You know what I mean? Like, are you, it's completely and intimidating. And morality? That's the thing too. I love yes, these morals. Yes, that's the other part. Who's morality? That's the other part. <laughs> is that it's, it's you're, t- you're talking about men who, who's, you know what I mean? Are like, the most immoral. They're the and, ones who created this and, fucking law. And it's a, the morality law right? That is a law that's tied to politics that I'm sure is very rooted in religion. Absolutely. I can't tell you how- Can we just uh, wipe the world of religion It's impossible already? to wipe make- Wipe the world of it. But even that like Madonna thing, yeah. it, women will never live up to that. There's not one woman on and the planet who will ever be able to live up and to that. And we shouldn't live up to that. No. But you want us to, right? There's this, there's this idea of like, we have to live up to this, uh, virginal Uh, whatever. And that's never going to happen. It doesn't, it's, you know what I mean? (sighs) You know, the worst fear for men is what they already know. And they won't say out loud. We don't need you. That's true. We don't fucking need you. That was my (laughs) ex-husband's always his fucking thing. You really, but you, you know, you don't need me. Yeah. (laughs) For what? I mean, God bless him. God bless, but we don't need you. And that, they know that they don't, they, they, they know, they know that. I mean, it's nice to cuddle. It's a nice yeah. to cuddle and have yeah. someone, you know, the, the one thing I miss most about my marriage is the security of having someone to move through the world with. Like yeah. you, if you fall, someone's got your back. To me, that is the best thing about marriage. That's the best thing. You have that partnership and you know that person has your back if the person has your back, right? Yeah. I mean, you could be in a shitty marriage where the person's a dick, but that's the thing I miss the most. Otherwise, we can do all this. Yeah. 
I mean, all you need is some batteries and you're fine. <laughs> we don't need this. <sighs> I mean, fuck you. Can we have a state? That's why can they don't want us in politics too. We can run it better than you. Yeah. We can run it better than you. We know how to do this. Can the U.S. give us one state that's women only? And, well, I have two sons though, but still, uh, a women only state. <laughs> they could stay till they're 18. <laughs> and uh, let's see how that gets run. Yeah. I'm telling you. You're or in, or there, there can be men that live there who want to live in the state, but where women are just in power. <laughs> you know? What does that look like? Yeah. I don't what does it look like to have a government run? Look at New Zealand. That amazing prime minister is stepping down now, but that under her watch, that country has flourished. Yeah. And they had one mass shooting and she shut that shit fucking down. Like within the week, yeah. they had banned all the guns. Yeah. And that country is doing better than ever. Must and be nice. She has to leave because she wants to spend time <laughs> with her children. Yeah. Her child. She's like, I got to go. I got to go be with my family. But you know what? I think that's a good thing though. Like- why does she have to be there forever? Right. You know what I mean? Do your time, do, you know, and move on. I'm sick of it all. Me too. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of this bullshit. I'm Richie, a.k.a. Midnight Agent Raw. I'm Devin, a.k.a. Special Delivery Dev. We're the Super Media Bros Podcast. And each week, we give a comedically informative take on movies, music, television, pro wrestling, and much more. Check us out at supermediabrospodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that you can listen to podcasts. Shades on. We're off. Okay. <clears throat> Today, <gasps> I'm covering the attempted assassination of Theodore Roosevelt. Ooh! <laughs> Let me get comfortable. Let me get comfortable. Get Let comfy. me get my mic. Let me get my mic here. Oh, get that coffee. Okay. Are you ready? A little bit of backstory before we get into it. But you remember I covered Roosevelt's daughter, Alice Longworth. Yes. Roosevelt on episode 132. A wild child. Yeah, she was a fun. wild Check child. that one out. She was crazy. And so <laughs> this is her daddy. Um, so he was once ele uh, elected New York, New York assemblyman, a government governor of New York, vice president of the United States under president McKinley in 1900. Then in 1901, when president McKinley was assassinated, Roosevelt was sworn in as the 26th president and he was president until 1909 when his mentee, uh, William Taft was elected president. Um, after leaving office, Roosevelt was traveling the country and the world on hunting trips and he met with various leaders throughout Europe, but refused a meeting with the Pope, which I thought was kind of interesting hey. but when you go to the uh he was history, like a big game hunter yeah too. when you go to the american history not the american history oh hillary you terrible person what is it it's the natural the natural history oh, oh, oh. museum in new york city uh all of the stuffed you know animals this that's from all from teddy roosevelt so uh back in the united states while he was living his best life uh president william taft wasn't living up to his mentor's ideas of what a republican leader was supposed to be uh, -oh. uh really his feelings were hurt that taft was giving credit mm. to others for his success <gasps> and he didn't consult roosevelt about his cabinet picks so he's getting all salty oh, about please. it please roosevelt just go he's live salty. your life no he doesn't like no. it um, but you know, we're the sensitive ones. I Women know. are so sensitive. Don't cry. <laughs> Don't cry. There's nothing like a, a, a man's bruised ego. Oh my God. <laughs> also, there were members of the Republican party like Roosevelt who were becoming more progressive. 
Okay, so Taft is staying old school and Roosevelt sees the the tide, like the wind changing in America. And he's like, these Democrats are going to come up and they're going to start winning seats if we don't start moving a little bit more to the left. Um, the problem was that Roosevelt was more radical progressive is that he liked these other ideas and he had more aggressive goals such as curbing the judiciary, which Taft rejected. Roosevelt urged progressives to take control of the Republican Party at the state and local level and to avoid splitting the party in a way that would hand the presidency to the Democrats in 1912. In August 1910, Roosevelt escalated the rivalry with a speech in Kansas, which was the most radical of his career. It marked his public break with Taft and the conservative Republicans, advocating a program he called the New Nationalism. Roosevelt emphasized the priority of labor over capital interests and the need to control corporate creation he also called for a ban on corporate political contributions to campaigns okay um and he campaigned for republican me too and he campaigned for the republicans in the 1910 elections in which the democrats gained control of the house for the first time since 1892 so he's right in his predictions of like this party's going to start taking over control which kind of happens after republican is elected democrats take a house and republicans are elected or democrats are elected republicans take back the house like just what what just happened right yeah in the midterms among the newly unfortunately yeah among the newly elected democrats was new york state senator franklin delano roosevelt who argued that he represented his distant cousin's policies better than his republican opponent um, the Republican progressives interpreted the 1910 defeats as a compelling argument for the complete reorganization of the party in 1911. The National Progressive Republican League, w- League was created. Their objectives were to defeat the power of political bossism at the state level and to replace Taft as the national at the national level. So I had to look up bossism, and it means that it's a situation in which the political party is controlled by party managers. Oh. Yeah, so they don't want that. Okay. Um, and uh, they ex- and they of course Roosevelt expressed his support for their progressive policies. So between January 11th and uh, January and April 1911, Roosevelt wrote a series of articles for the Outlook, defending what he called quote the great movement of our day, the progressive nationalist movement against special privilege and in favor of an honest and efficient political and industrial democracy. End quote. Roosevelt continually criticized Taft after the 1910 elections and the break between the two men became final after the Justice Department filed an antitrust lawsuit against U.S. Steel in September 1911, which humiliated Roosevelt because um, he had approved of this acquisition when he was in the justice and now his buddy's like yeah yeah like let's stick it to him yeah that's not nice. like something that was a big accomplishment under his presidency is now like no. Yeah. Roosevelt began to envision himself as the savior of the Republican Party from defeat in the upcoming presidential election. In uh, So he's now, of course, like toying with this idea. And then he announces in February 1912 in Boston, quote, I will accept the nomination for president if it is tendered to me. I hope that so far as possible, the people may be given the chance through direct primaries to express who shall be the nominee, end quote. Okay. So now he's coming for you, Taft. But at the Republican uh, convention, Taft, of course, ends up winning the nomination. But that didn't stop Roosevelt. He went back on the campaign trail. But now, as the presidential nominee for the Progressive Party. Oh, hi. So I talked about <laughs> I talked about this race in when I talked about uh, on the in the Alice Longworth roosevelt episode because this really ruins her marriage because lo- her husband <laughs> oh that's longworth right that's right works for nicholas longworth worked for, for taft. taft yes and yes, so yes. she of course is loves her fucking dad and yeah. was like on the campaign trail for her dad and the husband's out there for taft and it fucking like blew this whole marriage I mean, up plus she was fucking around and shit like good she for was, her yeah 
<laughs> did they lock her up for it? Did she look like oh, a sex worker? Oh my God. You motherfuckers. God. So anyway, uh, here we go. While on the campaign trail, a man attempts to kill Roosevelt. On October 14th, 1912, while arriving at a campaign event in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Roosevelt was shot from seven feet away in front of the Gilpatrick Hotel by a delusional saloon keeper named John Flaming Shrank, who believed... Uh-oh. That's the ghost of assassinated president William McKinley had directed him to kill Roosevelt. What? <laughs> no. Yeah. A spectral being yeah. whispered in his ear. Yes. <gasps> Avenge me, bitch. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's so bizarre. Love it. I love it. <laughs> So the bullet lodged in his chest after penetrating his steel eyeglass case and <gasps> passing through a 50-page thick single-folded copy of a speech titled Progressive Cause Greater Than Any Individual, which oh, he was carrying in his jacket. Thank God he had that boring-ass speech with him. Bitch. 50 pages. I mean, God. nobody wants to hear that. Double-spaced. How, how long is that? <laughs> Jesus. Single-spaced. Single-spaced, 50-page speech. And, I heard, and the yeah. train's moving and he's yeah. still fucking talking. Like, <laughs> My God. <laughs> Thank God you're a boring, boring man <laughs> that saved your life. <laughs> oh my God. It's so true. I'm the savior. Oh God, this guy again. Shrank was immediately immediately disarmed, captured, and might have been lynched had Roosevelt not shouted for Shrank to remain unharmed. Roosevelt assured the crowd that he was all right. <gasps> then he ordered police to take charge of Shrank and to make sure no violence was done to him. So listen oh. to this. As an experienced hunter and uh, anatomist, Roosevelt correctly concluded that since he was not coughing up blood, the bullet had not reached his lung. (gasps) He declined suggestions to go to the hospital immediately and instead delivered a 90-minute speech with blood seeping into his shirt. Are you out of your mind, Roosevelt? Patty, here's my question. I have is a paper cut. I'm like, somebody help yeah. me. Like, is this manly or is this like a lunatic? Like, where are we on the scale of this? Because I was uh, like, damn, motherfucker. Right? Like, yeah. he's fucking tough. But then I was like, wait a minute. Are mm. we are we encouraging? Like, sh- this is, sounds crazy. Or, I mean, <laughs> is he so desperate to win? Yeah. And he's so desperate to win. He doesn't want to miss out on the speaking engagement opportunity. Maybe. You know, like. I, but I'm leaning more towards very toxic, like, I've got to be a man yeah, kind I of mean, thing. Like, don't hunting, lose face. Doesn't he hunt, like, you know, rhinoceros and shit? Yeah. But the motherfucker just stood up there and gave a 90 minute boring ass speech. I don't know how yeah. he read it with a hole through it. Through the paper. <laughs> I think this is the word that's supposed to be here. There's a hole in my paper. His opening <laughs> comments to the, the gathered crowd were, quote, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know whether you fully understand that I have just been shot. <laughs> but it takes more than a more than that to kill a bull oh, moose. Oh, God. <laughs> a bull moose. Well, there it is. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. yeah like, you I'm know? like, I'm this big, I'm tough game. Yeah. Right. Yes. And it takes a, it takes a real man to take a, down that big game. Yeah. Give me a break. Yeah. God. Only after the finishing ego. his address did he accept medical attention. Subsequent probes and an x-ray showed that the bullet had lodged in Roosevelt's chest muscle, but did not penetrate the pleuria, which I looked up, which is like this membrane that's covering the lungs. So if that had, if it had yeah. touched that, it like. 
is I all mean, very the fact soft that after he that. knew that he wasn't shot in the lungs is wild. Yeah. Yeah. What is it uh, from Monty Python? It's, it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> it's merely a flesh wound. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Uh, oh, the cat is crazy today. So, um... Doctors concluded that it would be less dangerous to leave it in place than to attempt to remove it. And Roosevelt carried the bullet with him for the rest of his life. I feel like for someone like him, he probably, oh, he like that's it. his badge of honor, yeah. you know. Both Taft and Democratic nominee Woodrow Wilson suspended their own campaigning until Roosevelt recovered and, and resumed his. When asked if the shooting would affect his election campaign, he said to the reporter, quote, I'm fit as a bull moose, end quote. Him and the bull moose. Loves I had to look it up. I'm like, what's the difference between, because yeah. I'm thinking Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah. <laughs> Where's that, Rogie? Like, that's what I was thinking the whole time. And it's pretty accurate. It's got the big bucket. Oh, my God. (laughs) The bull moose became a symbol of both Roosevelt and the Progressive Party and is often was referred to simply as the bull moose party. He spent two weeks recuperating before returning to the campaign trail. He later wrote a friend about the bullet inside of him, quote, I do not mind it any more than if it were in my waistcoat pocket, end quote. Oh, okay, God. so a little bit about the shooter. Oh my God, I know, bitch. So a little bit about the shooter, John he's Shrink. Guy, I'm sorry, but he's the guy that's like, you, you want to? Yeah. That's nothing. Check this out. You know. Then I gave a 90 minute speech, <laughs> and they were cheering me on. Blood was dripping. Yeah. God. Nobody gives a fuck. Who cares? Nobody even. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you lock us up for looking like skanks. Okay. You get shot. We go. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? No one gives a fuck. You used to be president, you got shot. Big fucking deal. Big fucking deal. Oh Go God. fuck yourself, motherfuckers. <laughs> Locking women up because they don't look. They don't look right. Oh, my God. I, I will never. I'm going to move through the day like that. That's how I'm moving through the day. Okay? With fire in my fucking eyes. Uh. <sighs> fucking polite my ass. Like, fuck it. Why are we so polite to people? I don't know. Fuck you. They don't deserve us. They. That's it. They don't deserve us. That's it. That's it. God bless them. God bless them. Let them, please God, let them move through the world in their own, at their own peace. But just leave us leave the us fuck alone. alone. Leave us alone. No one's bothering you. You know? <sighs> Could you imagine? I'm going to just walk up to dudes and I'm going to say, you look like a fucking hooker. Yeah. You look like a whore. Yeah. That would never happen. No. It's, like, even you saying that it sounds bizarro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's like flip the script, flip yeah. the fucking script, and then tell me if that law is okay. Every lawmaker who's writing laws about women's bodies should do that. Flip the script. There's a there's a lawmaker. God, I didn't get her name. She's a, she's in the U.S. House, and she's like this older black woman. And she she said this is what I do every time I get a bill about abortion. And she's got a garbage can. She's fucking throwing it right <laughs> in. She had pictures on her Twitter, and she was yes. like, "Break the trash." I was like, "Damn." <laughs> Uh, yes. That's what we should do. If you're right, if you're yes. a man and you're writing a bill about a woman's body, flip the script. How would you feel if this was you going to the doctors and being told you can't get health care? Can you imagine? Fucking pieces of shit. God. Tina goes, who cares? Motherfucker <laughs> 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 was shot. Big deal. Oh my God. No. Big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were shot, but have you ever been randomly yeah. pulled over and had a man shove his hand up your vagina because he thought yeah. you had an STI? Can you imagine? Big deal. Jesus. Fucker. It's so fucking upsetting. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the shooter. Oh, What's yeah. This fucking sad sack. 
So he emigrated to the U.S. at nine years old. His parents died soon after, and so he was left to work uh, for his uncle, a New York tavern owner and landlord. Upon the deaths of his aunt and uncle, they left him a valuable, some valuable properties, and with okay. the expectation that Shrank could live like this quiet and peaceful life. Um, unfortunately, he was uh, then he became very heartbroken because his girlfriend. Um, not only did they die, but then his girlfriend died shortly afterwards. Oh my God. In, uh, her name was Emily Ziegler, and she dies in the General Slocum disaster on New York's East River. Okay. Have you ever heard of this? I think this could be a muck story. But it's this terrible tragedy that happened in 1891, and it was a steamboat, and it sunk in the East River. And there's reported that 1,021 people of the 1342 uh, on board died. Wow. And it was the deadliest disaster in New York history until 9-11. Wow. Yeah. Um, so he, you know, loses his fucking yeah. mind. He sells all his properties and he <gasps> kind of drifted around the East coast for years. Um, and he became profoundly religious and a fluent Bible scholar and well, his debating, debating skills were well, he was yelling at women that they were, yeah. yeah. Um, debating skills were well known around his neighborhood, watering holes and public parks. So he's basically a fucking nuisance, like yeah. screaming about Jesus or whatever. Oh my God. And he spent a great deal of time walking around city streets at night, but he never was arrested right. or anything like that. But there's that common denominator of religion again. Yeah. Religion is the poison. Yeah, absolutely. But like. When bad things happen to me because I was raised Catholic, I do get, you know, I, I know, look up and I, I say, know, why, why I is know, this happening to I me? Know. I look to God. Like, I, I don't, uh, I don't mean like if someone has faith that that's poisonous. I just feel like the institution of religion yeah. is poisonous. It has caused so much pain and wreaked so much havoc. Like having your own spirituality, like that's something I just feel like the 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 people in power running these institutions you yeah, know what i mean absolutely i agree Ugh. soon after the assassination attempt psychologists examined shrank and it was reported that he had quote insane delusions grandiose in character and quote and declaring him to be insane at his trial the would-be assassin claimed that william mckinley's ghost had visited him in a dream and hold him to avenge his assassination by killing Roosevelt. That's because wild. McKinley dies and Roosevelt becomes yeah. president, right? So that's just so wild. Somehow to me. he connected like yeah. those two were. So Schrank was committed to the Central State Hospital for the Criminally Insane in Wisconsin in 1914. And he remained there for 29 more years until he died <gasps> on September 15th, 1943, of bronchial pneumonia. His body was donated time. to the medical school at Marquette University for dissection. Um, and then in the end with this election, neither Taft nor Roosevelt won the presidential election of 1912. The Democrats nominated Woodrow Wilson and he went on to win 42% of the 6.3, uh, or 6.3 million votes and to become the 28th president of the United States. Wow. And that's wow. the attempted assassination of Teddy Roosevelt. My God. Teddy, Ro the teddy bear oh. is named for, uh, Roosevelt. Oh yeah. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Too bad they didn't name it Bull Moose. Oh, <laughs> how funny though that like this guy that's all about his big game like is associated. You know, his name is attributed to like a little cuddly child's yeah. toy. It is weird. You know what? I can't stand <sighs> these motherfuckers. Oh my god, I can't stand them. And he's the speak softly and carry a bigger stick kind of guy, right? Isn't that his like? I don't fucking know. Like his, his yeah, I know thing. the yeah yeah. Like, he also isn't he the one who also gave that big speech about in the in the Coliseum or something? What's that speech? Oh. My boss used to have it hanging up in his office. Oh, I don't know. 
We'll have to look it up. Something about being a fighter. I, I don't. Oh know. God, I don't want to listen to this guy. Male toxic. He is bullshit. such a. Uh, uh, he's like a bro. He's yeah. a presidential bro. <laughs> but you know, people stood there for ninety minutes just watching his shirt get more and more red. <laughs> I mean, they're like, what? The well, maybe fuck? they say they're like, oh, is he going to pass out? Is he going to die? Like, yeah, you know, maybe that the spectacle. Yeah, still didn't win. Can you imagine yeah. you get shot and you still don't win? God, I wonder because like God, it's probably hot or like flies buzzing around. Oh, like, oh, what was happening oh, during God. that speech? Oh my God, was he sweating? <sighs> was he pale? Ew, who wants to see that? What are you doing? What are you doing? Right, I would well, think it'd make you look weak, not strong. I don't strong. know. I mean, if he's standing there, he's probably like, I don't know. He just, I think I'm just like anti-man right now. Oh, well, I'm, that fucking story got me <laughs> off man for like a good decade. I mean, it's over. I didn't think I was going to make it to my 50s, but we're going to get there. We are going to get there. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, that's it. We're going to look for pictures from us at this gala. Oh, yeah. Oh, so cute. I'm excited. Me too. All right. Well, adios, muchacho. <laughs> bye. Hey, bye. If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please go to our website, www.themuckpodcast.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast and on our Twitter at Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support with exclusive content, Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do this without you.